0: Is fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. at cbsi.com. Here we go!
1: We're here to help you win your league and have bragging rights on your friends. Let's go! Now,
2: here's Adam, Dave, and Jamie. Oh, we got a big show
0: today! Jamie's back. How do you feel, Jamie? How do you feel being back behind the mic? Uh, I feel good. Uh, I, I wish I'd didn't have to talk to you today. I know, um, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, we don't talk enough when you're on paternity leave. We we talk too much. Too much. Um, but in good for good reasons. No, it's it's great to be back. I, I'm I'm thrilled to be back. It's good to see you guys and and be here. And um, i I miss talking
1: football with you guys.
2: Yes, I'm sure. there was And there was a lot that went down. So uh, we're gonna hear from Dave, Jay. Hey, Dave, you're you're also here.
1: I'm. I am. I I actually never left.
2: Yes, that's right. They were at the owners' meetings, though. And they are back with quotes and notes. Totes! So we're gonna talk, oh, that was so bad. So we're gonna talk about it today. <laughs> <laughs> Some of their takeaways with uh, Jarek McKinnon, Andrew Luck, Hunter Henry, Packers running backs, Texans running backs, Colts running backs, Titans running backs, all that stuff. Plus your emails, fantasyfootball at com, And, uh, your voicemails, 954-689-3199. Go ahead and leave us a voicemail. Actually getting a lot now, so I appreciate that. So Jamie, how's
0: the, how's the family? Uh, family's good. You know, baby's great. I appreciate everybody who, uh, you know, uh, sent notes, tweets, uh, emails, all those things. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good little boy. So, uh, all, all three of my, uh, my kids are, are doing well and, and wife is doing well. So, so thank you for asking.
1: He's a big boy. I got to see yeah, him. He's, he's on a Monday. big boy. Oh, you saw he's, him? Oh, yeah, I actually saw all three of the boys.
0: Cool. Yeah, Dave and I drove up together. So Dave picked me up to go to Orlando for, uh, for the meetings.
1: Nice. Yeah. Did, did you, guys... road trip. You, you
0: you did know that because we spoke to you.
2: Yes, did you guys get a – well, I didn't know they you saw your your new baby, right. but did you guys take a picture together on Splash Mountain?
0: Uh no no uh no trips to the theme parks um
1: Not this time. We've we, done it before.
0: We we did do it before. We um we were actually across the street from SeaWorld. We were dropping off uh our our esteemed NFL editor uh Kevin. I'm not going to butcher his last name, but Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, was dropped off across from SeaWorld, so that's the closest we got to a roller coaster.
2: Oh, alright, well. Let's, uh, I got nothing clever but, but to But I'm say. surprised let's... I
0: didn't get like 15 more questions about Disney from you, given, uh, your, your friends who are going.
2: Jamie's a Disney expert, so I got a couple of friends who are going to Disney, <laughs> they're trying to plan a trip. Who else are you gotta ask? You to ask Jamie. That's why we're gonna ask him about fantasy football as well. So based on the coaches that you talked to, uh, what you heard from them, who stands out as a big winner in your minds uh, you know compared to 3 days ago before the owners meeting.
1: Well, I'll go first. It was it was good to just reaffirm that Jarek McKinnon is going to be the starting running back for the that was 49ers. Question. If I don't I don't think it was, but it was hammered home. He he called him he's our guy. And he did insist that he is going to use other running backs in the mix and it's not going to be all Jarek all the time. And he made an argument that even if you're a 230-pound running back, it takes a toll on you getting a lot of touches over the course of a season. So I think he's going to try and manage McKinnon. But he is. Kyle Shanahan's eyes got big and wide when he talked about what he can do as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So we we had an interesting discussion about just how many touches and uh, that McKinnon can get on a on a week to week basis, how many carries he could get on a week to week basis. I, I think 15 touches is going to be easy for him week in and week out.
2: Yeah, he's been the hottest topic. Jake Seeley yesterday, our guest, said he thinks McKinnon's going to be overdrafted. He doesn't buy McKinnon. Jamie, you are uh, one person that we haven't heard uh, talk about the hot topic of free agency. Jarek McKinnon, that big deal he signed with the 49ers. And what do you think? What, what do you, what's your take on him?
0: Oh, it's easily my favorite free agent signing. Um, I think he's in a great situation, a great spot. Uh Uh, He might get overdrafted, but you could say that about a lot of players who are, you know, in in different situations, different coaching scenarios. Uh, There's always going to be questions about how high they go or or where they get selected, but uh, I I think it's a a great scenario for him to go to a team with Kyle Shanahan, who has a great track record with running backs and running games. He's, you know, a player who can catch the ball in the backfield uh, in an offense that should be explosive outside of the two games they face the Rams. Um, But uh, I I think McKinnon's in a great spot, you know, and – I, I think it was the day before he signed, I, I forget who tweeted it, Rappaport or, or, or Schefter, one of those guys that it was down to the Jets and the 49ers. And I just remember responding, please God, let it be the 49ers. <laughs> 49ers <laughs> and, the Jets. and so it's, it's just, it's just a, a really good spot for him. I don't know if he'll, uh, if he'll live up to the expectations or, or, or the hype. And maybe Jake is right, but, uh, I, I think it's, um uh, it, it's just a great spot for him to sort of take the next step for what he's shown uh, in spurts. And so I'm, I'm excited about him.
2: It's interesting that you both have McKinnon one spot ahead of Derrick Henry in standard scoring. Certainly in PPR, I get that. But is that because of the Deion Lewis addition in Tennessee?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, Lewis puts a little bit of a damper on it. You know, Derrick Henry was a top-ten guy for me right when the season ended because I expected DeMarco Murray to be cut. And so uh, I, I I still have high expectations for Henry, and he may score more touchdowns, but— you, know, you just have to be a little bit concerned that if Deion Lewis stays healthy, there's going to be a, a, a letdown for, for Henry to a certain extent, and, and we can get into that a little bit after uh, we get going, because yeah. I just speak to Mike Vrabel about that.
2: All right, so then, Jamie, who is your, your big owners meeting winner?
0: I think it's probably Deontay Foreman, You know, just based on the fact that uh, Bill O'Brien said he can see him as a starter. He didn't say he's the starter, and, and there's certainly a, a, a role for Lamar Miller and the way that O'Brien sort of broke it down was, um, you know, kind of how they used them last year, which was somewhat frustrating. But you know, he he, you know, seems to be excited about Foreman. He said he'll be ready for training camp. Doesn't expect him to be doing anything on the field uh, in the spring, you know, for the OTAs and things like that. But if Foreman is healthy, coming off of that Achilles tear, uh, he's going to have an opportunity to, you know, steal work from Lamar Miller and maybe put Miller on the bench. So, you know, if you're in dynasty leagues and, you know, certainly gravitated toward him last year, you should be excited about him moving forward this year. You know, depending on how his health will go once the, you know, we get closer to the season, you know, he could end up being a great value pick um, if he's not 100% come, you know, preseason games.
2: But at this point, we still have to draft Miller ahead of Foreman?
0: Well, it depends. If you're so inclined to draft
1: Miller, yes, you're going to draft him ahead of Foreman.
2: Okay. Dave, you never seem to be very inclined to draft Lamar
1: Miller. No, I, I, I get what the coaches have been saying about him. It took me a long time to get there, but I'm finally there, and I agree that Lamar Miller is probably not going to be the answer in Houston.
2: Okay, then, uh, how about a loser, Dave? Who's a loser from the owners' meetings?
1: I don't have a name for this guy because I don't know who it's going to be. But whoever the top running back for the Colts is going to be, um, is going to have to share the football. I'll give you a quote from Frank. Not Barkley. Well. <laughs> This is Frank Reich's philosophy on running backs. He likes, quote, I like the idea of involving everybody. I think it builds something, and everyone knows they're a significant contributor, whether that's five carries a game or eight carries or 20 carries. When you build a team in that way, I just think that creates a chemistry and a bond that is a good thing. Uh, he did admit that he thinks he could have a lead back that plays 60% of the snaps. That would be about 36 snaps a game. That's That might get you close to... 18, 19 touches, maybe? I guess it depends on game flow. Depends on how good of a blocker that that running back would be. Now, look, I'd love for them to get Saquon Barkley. I think that would be awesome. Um, Pretty much anywhere Barkley goes, I'm going to like it as a landing spot because I think he's so good. But if he goes to Indianapolis, he's going to have to share. Marlon Mack's going to get in there, take some work away from him.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: And you think back to Philadelphia, just real quick, you think back to Philadelphia, remember how they never gave Jay Ajayi a ton of work? But well, that's such a
0: hard scenario to, to pin because, I mean, they brought in Ajay in the middle of the season. And so you n- never knew what they were working him up for. Was it for the playoffs because they were headed in that direction? Was it, you know, just using the other guys because they, they had a comfort factor with them? I, I think if they end up spending a, a their first round pick, certainly on, on one of those guys, whether it's Barkley or, you know, whoever the, the second guy ends up being, uh, I, I'd be shocked if that guy doesn't get feature type of work. It may not be. 90% of the plays, but you heard Reich say in, in, in the statement that you read, the quote that you read, could be 20 carries. I mean, the, if the right guy is there, he's going to get work.
1: It's not going to make me shy away from drafting Barkley. Let's put it that way. But I don't like that the coach is thinking that way. That even if he had Every a coach like thinks Parker. that way, though. I mean, no, Mike McCarty that really said that like about that all, all, all of his guys.
0: If, if you have a Todd Gurley, you're going to lean on Gurley. You're going to lean on a Le'Veon Bell. But if you don't have a guy, and they don't have a guy right now, I mean, he doesn't know who it's going to be. So of course he's gonna say that. Bill O'Brien said the same thing. They, if, if you don't have a guy, you're gonna say we're gonna use all of our guys. I mean, it's just the nature of what coaches say.
2: Yeah, and, and we always hear it, you know, like we heard right up until the start of the season that Leonard Fournette was gonna split carries. And then week one, Leonard Fournette did not split carries. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's an interesting philosophy that he said he, you know, the team chemistry thing that he wants a lot of guys involved, that maybe he'll, because if you look at Philadelphia, I, I understand that you can't exactly uh, you can't exactly say, well, the, the Jay Ajayi thing, but, but they did often, well, like Kenyon Barner, out of nowhere, or Corey, you know, Corey Clement, it, it was like, it was a little random, it wasn't even before the Ajayi trade and after, I'd say, so, you don't want it to be like that, but if they draft Barkley, they'll turn him loose. If they don't draft Barkley, then we'll have to have this conversation again. Jamie, was there a loser that, uh, stood out to you?
0: Yeah, too. Um, Jamal Williams and and Chris Carson, not necessarily because they will be losers or they're going to be bad players, but just based on what the coaches said, um, McCarthy was very high on Ty Montgomery unsolicited, you know, and said that they liked what he liked, what he did last year before he got hurt. And I asked him, you know, is is there any consideration to moving him back to wide receiver given the, the young guys and what they showed? And he said, no, he's a running back and he's a damn good one. And so that makes it seem like it's going to be messy because you knew that they were going to give Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones both work. But now if Montgomery is going to be a significant piece of that, to whatever level it is, third down back, you know, uh, starter, it's just going to make things messy for those Packers guys because all three can clearly play. And I think, you know, uh, at least from my perspective, I was really excited about what Jamal Williams could do, and I think he still can. But, you know, you have to kind of maybe dial back expectations a little bit just given what, uh, what, what the scenario could be of all these guys, you know, still sharing the ball. And then Pete Carroll, again, same thing, very glowing about Chris Carson. But then he also talked up Mike Davis, who they brought back on a one-year deal, and he said, you know, Davis really did a lot of the things that we like to see at the end of the season last year. showed, you know, he'd be a physical runner, showed that he can give them the toughest that they need. And so, again, situation where you're hoping the the player that that you like, and and for me, that's Carson and and Jamal Williams, that they're going to take the step forward, where they might not have it early in the season. It may take a little bit of time before they get that chance to kind of showcase their skills.
2: So, who are you? Favoring in the Packers' backfield.
1: How still Jamal understand? Williams. I
0: mean, Williams. No, no, nothing's changed yet, you know, until we see them on the field. But, you know, it, uh, it, it's one of those things where I probably have Ty Montgomery ranked too low right now, you know, just in my initial rankings, you know, because it sounds as if he's still going to be a big piece of this offense uh, again in, in some capacity.
2: Well, it's going to be interesting what they do at receiver because, you know, they don't have a very deep receiving unit. And I think we're all kind of hoping that Ty Montgomery, even if he's a running back, Fills that void, right? He could be, could he be the third leading re- leading receiver on the team? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, that'd probably be
0: bad for either Randall Cobb or Jimmy Graham, if that's the case. But.
2: Yeah, probably not as many t- like not as many touchdowns as Graham, but just in terms of yards. Sure. Uh, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break from the owners' meeting stuff and read an email. Email of the day is from Andrew Fantasy Football at CBSI. dot com. Oh, Jamie. This is something that you, in particular, should do. After years as a commissioner, I've found the solution that uh, to the draft order question. Instead of assigning picks, my team owners get to choose their draft position. The order they get to choose is based on who pays their league fees the soonest. I had people rushing to get me payment before the season. Last season, the first manager to pay picked number one. He drafted David Johnson. He missed the playoffs. The second <laughs> manager to pay picked number seven said he didn't want uh, the long wait between picks at number two, and he won the league. I like that. You have trouble collecting payment? That is an awesome idea.
0: I think I have a better track record of that than you do right now.
2: Except that you're always the one who's supposed to get the money from people, even when Not we're anymore. co-commissioner. Not anymore. No, you've given that job to someone else.
0: Yeah, that was, by the way, my greatest uh, accomplishment during my time off was somehow managing to keep you as the commissioner of our baseball league and making Will Brinson now the – uh the title holder of collecting money, which means AKA you are doing treasurer. what? Yes, he's the treasurer. Treasurer, he, yes.
2: he doesn't like that Correctly. title. I've, I've tried that on him. <laughs> uh You are doing what with the league then? Nothing. Absolutely
0: nothing. Exactly. Not even helping you in the draft either. How about
2: you <laughs> put players on the DL for instead of me? Can you do that for our for our?
0: Yes, I'll pick up guys too.
2: Oh yeah, no, you have to go and and do it for all the other people who are at you know. Oh no, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you should. No, all I'm right. Here, News and notes. News and notes. Any player who lowers his helmet. Is kicked out of football for the rest of his career. Not quite, but we'll get, if you lower your helmet and make contact with an opponent, 15 yard penalty, potentially an ejection. How about that? That's, uh, that's gonna be a lot of penalties.
1: That's gonna be a mess.
2: Yeah. I don't like the ejection part of it, especially the college thing drives me crazy when they eject people for that. Yeah. But I do understand the reasoning behind this. Too many helmet to helmet contact. Too much helmet to helmet contact. I
1: believe I heard that concussions were up 13% this past season. Yeah. So this is clearly in reaction to that. They, and I mean, obviously the injury to Ryan Shazier is something that's going to be burned into everybody's heads. And the NFL certainly doesn't want that to happen to, to more players in the league. Uh, It could get sloppy in, in two ways. One, there could be a lot of penalties called on this, maybe on plays where the defender doesn't necessarily mean to lower his helmet. It just happens to, you know, bang, bang type of play. These guys have been tackling a certain way. And it could also create issues where a defender changes the way he tackles knowing that he could get kicked out of the game or penalized or whatever for leading with his helmet and, Maybe it leads to added yardage. Maybe it's something that could actually help fantasy owners on a couple of plays. Yeah, well, good luck, yeah. Marshawn Lynch. And I'll tell you one more thing. The NFL got the catch rule right. And they had momentum for like two whole days um, after, after they got this catch rule right. And Jamie and I were in the press conference when they announced what the rule was going to be changed to. Uh, I even got clarification on it from uh, the head official, Al Riveron. And it's, it's beautiful what they've done to kind of redefine what a catch is. And now to put this on top of it, it's going to make things, it's like you take one confusing issue and you just apply it to something else. At least, at least we now should know what a catch is every single time.
2: Just wait until a marquee defensive player gets ejected for this. I hate it in college. I don't mind, I really don't mind the penalty thing. One thing I'll say about the number of concussions going up is that it can be a little, it can be random. You know, it could easily go down next year without a well. I think it's,
0: it's it's also more of an indication of them being aware of concussions. Yeah, but but I there, remember there probably were this many concussions, if not more, previously.
2: Well, not well, who knows in, how many no, were not right. reported. Years. I'm
1: sure there were a ton. Exactly. exactly.
2: Definitely, like definitely, helmets are leading to concussions. Helmet, the helmet hits are leading to it. There's no question. People have uh, defenders have to stop tackling with their helmet. But I remember this whole thing about Tommy John surgery in baseball. I I went and looked it up this morning. When I saw this news about the helmet thing, and I think it was 2012, there were 42 Tommy Johns or something like that, and it was like, oh my gosh, an epidemic! And we haven't had that number again since, so, I don't know, it's not necessary. You know what I mean? Like, that number could go down, but I still think I, I like the rule, I just hate the ejection part. It's really gonna be annoying. Could lead to some more first downs though, more offense, you know, 15 yard penalty, automatic first down. Maybe that's the fantasy takeaway. Uh, the catch rule has been changed to something still very confusing, but, uh,
1: uh, no. It's not confusing it's at a, all. Are no. you
2: kidding? Making a football move? You don't think that's going to be tough what to they interpret? What change
1: it to is making a move.
2: Uh, making a football move. It's going to be tough. There are going to be times where, like, well, did he really make a third step? Did he do something it, common it, it, to it, football? It's much better.
0: It's so much better. It's
2: better, but it's not crystal clear. Well, uh,
1: it, I, I feel like as close nit- to
0: crystal clear as it could be.
1: And I feel like you're nitpicking the term football move when it's pretty obvious that it's just you, you're moving. You're doing something else. I will
0: right, we'll see. We'll, we will see
2: how, how it plays out.
1: Uh, let me just let me just add one quick thing. And this is what I got confirmation on. If a receiver catches a ball, gets his feet down and puts the ball across the goal line and then say somebody knocks it out of his hands or he just drops it. That's a touchdown now.
2: Wait, say it again. It's yes, almost yes. the
1: fact, you catch the ball, say you catch the ball at the half yard line. Uh huh. Feet go down, two yeah. feet in. Uh uh-huh. And then you reach across the goal line. Like a running back would when right. he's trying to dive for the touchdown. And a receiver does it, but then he, he does it and then he drops the ball or the ball gets knocked out of his hands. It's a touchdown. Yeah. That's yeah, and it six. should
2: be. I still yeah. say, I still say that Jesse James dropped that ball though.
1: He did, but he, he put it over the goal line before he dropped it. Which is why it's-
2: Oh, that's why it'd be a catch? Right.
1: Yeah, it's like Uh, a, like
0: a quarterback going over the top or running back going over the top of the pile. Which is how it should be, right? Why should it be,
1: why should the goal line line be treated differently for a receiver? Or a pass catcher?
0: Yeah. All right, Minnesota, uh,
2: head coach Mike Zimmer said the team still had concerns about Teddy Bridgewater's knee. So, I guess that probably gives, uh, McCown the leg up for now. Dallas is going to cut Des
1: Bryant. That was a good, good pun. That was not a good pun. What? We're, we're, oh, the leg up? We'll we'll get to the Dez thing, but the whole why did the Jets sign him? If I, was I think stay? it's
0: a great situation for any team to sign him because if he is good or he is right, then you have, you know, a young quarterback that still could have some upside.
1: I guess. All right, so Des yeah, There's get a report cut. that Des is gonna get cut. Here, so here's
2: my question. They they added Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson, right? Um mm-hmm. What do you think about Dak? He still managed to finish 12th this year. And remember, he had that stretch where the offensive line was in shambles and Zeke was suspended. He just didn't he had terrible numbers, but he still finished 12th. I think he was 8th the year before, and it's not like Dez was so good that year either. Uh he's done a lot with what he's had. But what are you thinking about Dak Prescott right now?
0: I think he's a serviceable starting fantasy quarterback and somebody you can get late.
2: Why the he's been he's been more than that I guess so why the and, and he and he can
0: there, there, there's there's is really not uh he's not a he's not a bad player by any stretch
1: is he in your top twelve no
0: he's not in mine either. but there's he like was, f- there's like 15 to 18 quarterbacks I'd be fine with
1: I agree but I'll tell you if Des leaves then he's not even going to be that high oh of course
0: but but and, like does it even matter I because
2: because like what I'm saying is Des wasn't good last year and and Dak was still pretty good
1: I don't know how many catchable targets. Des had. Well, I wonder what the percentage is compared to what he had two seasons ago. Now, listen, I I agree with you on the flaws of Des's game. He's not as fast as he once was, and he's definitely he still an coverage. injury risk. That's not changing, even with Alan Hearns there. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky for Dak to go back to those numbers they had two years ago. It could get close, but there's a lot of other quarterbacks I feel better about. Garoppolo, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I like both of them better than Dak. Okay. Yeah,
0: I don't think you're drafting Dak with the thought that he's going to be your starter for 16 games. I think he's more of a guy that you pair with somebody else and say, okay, if things are right for him, then I'll ride it. If they're not, I can move on easily.
2: couple notes I mentioned on Tuesday's show. By the way, we are recording on Wednesday. I should have mentioned that. You're going to hear this on Thursday. But we're recording on Wednesday morning, late morning, early afternoon. So if we miss any news, apologize for that. Ron Rivera said uh, Cameron Artis-Payne will get a chance to replace Jonathan Stewart for Carolina. And Dirk Cutter said Peyton Barber is Tampa Bay's lead running back right now. Do you put any stock into Cameron Artis Payne or Peyton Barber having big roles?
0: No. Okay. I spoke to one of the beat writers for the Bucks, and he said what most likely will happen with Tampa Bay is they will address running back in the second round. He thought third round before the Pierre-Paul trade, but second round for sure. So Barber is going to be part of a, a committee, and he will get work. Um Artist pain, I don't have a lot of interest in.
2: Adam Gase says it's a health thing, not a potential thing with Devontae Parker. <laughs>
1: Could he we, finally emerge? We've heard that before from coaches in Miami. We have. Yeah, they just, I, I think the knock him. on him is that he, he doesn't work through his injuries. And when he's hurt, he kind of slows down. Right? That's what I've heard.
2: Yeah, there's been some question about that for sure.
1: Yeah, it's hard to get excited about him. De- I'm not sure we know who the quarterback is going to be for Miami this year.
2: Uh let me let me how about Devontae Parker or Randall Cobb?
0: Parker.
1: Cobb PPR. Cobb definitely in PPR.
2: Okay. Devontae Parker, one more. Devontae Parker or Martavis Bryant?
1: Parker. Uh yeah.
2: Okay. And Sue Cravens, interesting player for the Redskins. He has been traded to Denver. There has been a shipment of mid-round picks involved as well. So Denver is Sua Cravens' new nightmare. Right?
0: I, I, I
1: missed you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is a joke. Of Wes Cravens' new nightmare was a movie.
1: Jamie's ready to go have more babies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just right. these <laughs> jokes. How do you adopt a kid? Where's the Google that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're going to talk about Hunter Henry soon. We're going to talk about Tariq Cohen. We're going to talk about uh, more on the Titans running backs, Julio Jones in the red zone. He got a lot of red zone targets last year and caught only three freaking touchdowns. It was weird. But how? what do you guys make of this Odell Beckham Jr. stuff?
0: Uh, I think the Giants are doing their due diligence to see if they can trade him, and we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But, you know, they're, they're saying they're keeping him see how it all plays out but you know where there's smoke
2: yeah i think they'll keep them <laughs> i hope they keep them
1: last time odell beckham was videotaped around smoke he was <laughs> videotaped around other stuff and pizza yes i'm nervous that they're going to trade him i you certainly get that sense just based on why are you n- nervous no denial because I like him in New York. I like him as the number one guy there for Eli Manning. We we know what he's capable of doing there.
0: I have his jersey for goodness sake. Well, uh, I don't why, you, I know why you'd be nervous. I don't know why Dave's nervous.
1: But uh, you you put him in Los Angeles. There's more mouths to feed there. I don't know if the quarterback is as good.
0: Um, you don't know if the quarterback's good. I don't know if he's Jared as Goff's good. better than Eli Manning. I
1: don't. uh right now, maybe.
0: no, maybe. There's
1: definite. I, I think I, I would that, prefer I think... to see him in San Francisco. Seattle.
2: I think if he had a Love full season, guys. in fact, I saw his numbers side by side with Beckham without Beckham. It's an enormous difference. If if Eli Manning had a full season with Odell Beckham, you you might rethink Jared Goff ahead of Eli. Manning. No,
0: what if Jared Goff had a full season with Odell Beckham? If they both if had, they had full a full season
1: with, with Sammy Watkins and he,
0: oh come on, let go of him. <laughs> Sammy Watkins, no, they're
1: Odell not Beckham. the same guy. But are they not both deep threats? Are they not both? I mean, I'd rather have Goff. I'm not. I'm not crazy not here. The same but guy.
2: but uh, no, they're not. I stand by it. If Odell Beckham's on the Giants and he's healthy, Eli Manning is going to be surprisingly that, high.
0: That I don't necessarily disagree with. But if you give both Odell Beckham right now, I would take Jared Goff ten out of ten.
2: Well, well can we ha- we have to give them both Sean McVay too.
0: Well, I mean, Sean McVay is a big part of Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I get that. He'd be he'd be he'd be great um, if Beckham were on the Rams. Uh, he well, he's amazing. But you know, you know what's weird? Beckham has never finished higher than fourth at wide receiver. And he's never had, like, you know, he's going to be, I'm guessing, third in most people's rankings, but probably no higher than third behind Brown and Hopkins. He's never had, like, a 1,600-yard
0: season. He still could. I I think the biggest thing in all of this trade uh, and fantasy value is how healthy is he? Because if he's not back to form, then it's easy for the Giants to trade him if they're going to get great value in return.
2: Jamie, do you see him dancing at Sterling Shepard's wedding?
0: Yes, that's the same as running routes. I totally agree. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty good. I mean he's it is. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Light yes. on his feet, you know, look great. Uh all right, then let's uh get back to what you guys learned at the owner's meeting. So I think we can move on from McKinnon, right? We've we've yeah, yeah, yeah. beaten that dead horse. But Andrew Luck, Jamie, what do we know about his recovery right now?
0: I mean both Jim Merce and Frank Reich, you know, uh talked about him throwing the ball, and so that's a step in the right direction. So he's uh he seems to be on track to be ready for at least training camp, and and that's the biggest positive you could hope for, is that he's back on the field and he's as close to 100 percent as he could possibly be because, I think he's going to end up being a great value pick. You know, he'll he'll start to rise uh, average opposition rankings, all those things as he gets healthier. But I don't think he's going to get back to the level he was at before the injury. So, you know, you could be getting the number one quarterback at maybe the fifth through tenth, you know, maybe lower, uh, depending on uh, you know where he goes on uh, in your league or on your on your draft board. So, you know, if he's right, that's great for T.Y. Hilton. It's great for the, you know, certainly the two tight ends that they have there. We'll see how they address the rest of their wide receiver spot. You know, I don't think Ryan Grant is necessarily the answer as a number two guy, but there's, uh, there's, there's certainly a lot to like about what Andrew Luck in and the Colt scenario could be for fantasy if he's a hundred percent. And that's, you know, at least where he's heading right now.
2: Is there a second wide receiver worth drafting? You just kind of mentioned it, but worth drafting or is T.Y. Hilton the only Colt? wide receiver you think it would be drafting as of now? 12-team
0: 12, 12 league, he's the only one that will be drafted right now. You know, Maybe, again, Grant late, but they're they're, they're not done, I think, with that by any stretch.
1: I hope they're not.
2: All right, Dave, I have a voicemail that I'd like to play for you. Are you ready? It. Are you sitting down? Always. Okay, stand up. Here we go.
0: Hey, guys, this is Daniel Kahn from Sacramento. Love the show. Got one bold prediction. Hunter Henry will finish as a top three tight end this season in fantasy. Thanks, guys. Tell me what you think.
2: He really did stand up. Now you have to sit back down because your microphone. All right, sit back down. Okay. <laughs> Hunter Henry, top three tight end. What do you think?
1: Talked with Anthony Lynn about him. And I was actually talking to Anthony Lynn about something else, and it just kind of struck me because it was just him and I talking. I got to ask him about what the hell happened to Henry last year when there would be games where he'd go off, and then the next week there would be no targets. And he just he chalked it up to defenses taking Hunter Henry away. And he expects that to continue to happen, but he did say that they have to do a better job of getting Henry involved, quote, especially in third downs and red zone. Which is it makes perfect sense. I I I the one thing that I kind of took a step back from is I I like the Chargers weapons. I think that they've got so many different guys, they could beat you so many different ways. And Anthony Lynn kinda was modest about it, maybe, and he said, Yeah, we're working on it. We're on our way there. So that kind of surprised me. But this is a team that I think can still have a high-powered offense and uh, and a lot of really good numbers. And I think Hunter Henry could certainly be a part of a top-three tight end. Not ready to say that as long as Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz are all healthy, contributing members of the fantasy football universe.
2: So I, I don't have the stat on me, but I think I remember it. There were so many red zone pass attempts. I don't know that I expected to... In fact, I don't. I don't expect it to be the same next year. But Philip Rivers threw 28 touchdown passes last year. And he was among the leaders in red zone pass attempts. So he should have thrown more. And 28 for him was the lowest in five years. Keenan Allen didn't catch that many touchdowns. Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry both had a lot of targets. They had about nine targets inside the 10-yard line. Not just in the red zone, but inside the 10. Um, so uh rivers let me just okay it was actually past attempts inside the 10 yard line he was first most pass attempts inside the 10 yard line and he, he only threw 14 touchdowns inside the 10 uh so i don't know if i don't i don't know if that was a, just a fluky thing or what but they were throwing a lot when they were close to the end zone and none of the guys on the team had the touchdown numbers that you would expect with that so i thought that was kind of interesting but i also thought it was interesting that antonio gates had either the same amount or one more target inside the 10 last year uh, compared to Hunter Henry. So we'd like, Dave, to see Antonio Gates just get the heck away.
0: I'm looking at uh, Anthony Lynn's quotes from the Combine, and he was asked if Antonio Gates wants to come back as there's still a role for him, and he said, absolutely. It's something we haven't talked about with Antonio in detail yet, but he's one of the greatest chargers of all time. For a guy to take a backseat to Hunter Henry last year, take a secondary role, and still be the leader, that he was for our players, it was just very impressive. I mean, they, they obviously love him. So it's yeah, it's just unfortunate right. from our perspective that they would still consider you know him part of their future plans because we would like to see. I mean, look, at, at this point, I, I think any fantasy player would love to see more of Mike Williams and less of Antonio Gates. So if they go True. to more of a one tight end package type of offense, at least a little bit more of that, then you get more three receiver sets for them, which would be Allen, Williams, and Williams.
1: You know what just hit me? He ran down his entire offense, and he didn't mention Mike Williams.
0: That's funny. It, it, I'm, I'm looking at it. So the, the next question at the combine after the Gates question would, was, how important will it be for you guys to get the ball to Hunter Henry more? And he says, we want to get Hunter Henry more involved, for sure. But if a defense wants to take Hunter away, we have to look at Keenan. We have to look at Tyrell, other directions.
1: Wow. This he, is unbelievable. Go ahead. Go ahead. Even
0: Melvin Gordon caught the ball in the backfield well last year. We don't want to force the ball to anybody, but we definitely want <laughs> to get Hunter more involved.
1: And he told me, quote, sometimes teams know what you have. And we have Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, Melvin Gordon. He
2: mentioned Travis Benjamin and not Mike Williams.
0: Yeah, it, it's almost like coach and GM are not on the same page at the draft last year, which kind of makes a lot of sense.
1: Or they're on the same page now when Mike Williams isn't on it. That's interesting.
2: Oh. Are you drafting Mike Williams?
0: Uh, no, not in a 12 team league.
2: Okay.
0: 14 team or larger, I take a shot on him. Depending on how the draft goes.
2: I mean, it could just have been an oversight by Anthony Lynn,
0: but it's he did. He did. I, I did see something. Uh, maybe it was in that same same conversation uh, from the combine. Where I, I oh yeah, here, here it is. Um, what did you learn about Mike Williams last year? And he said, "Who?" When he <laughs> <laughs> he said, <laughs> "When he's healthy, he can help us win." It's just unfortunate that he was hurt most of the time. It could be one of those things where, you know. Y- y- Unfortunately, you saw it with Laquan Treadwell, and you're still seeing it with Mike Zimmer the, the constant motivation. Devontae Parker, same thing. The constant talking up of these guys with the hope that something clicks, you know, whether it's outside motivation or whatever they're saying to them face to face. I had a similar situation with what I asked Pete Carroll about Chris Carson. He out of the blue brought up CJ ProSize and his inability to stay healthy. You know, these guys that have these injury issues and, you know, maybe motivation issues. You know, it it almost seems as if these coaches who are like these hardline type of guys, and Anthony Lynn, I think, is one of them. You know, these these lifer assistants that become head coaches, that they just get so frustrated with these guys that can't stay on the field for whatever reason, that it's almost like I I just I'm tired of talking about
2: them. Dave, you got some info on Tariq Cohen and Chris Thompson, a couple of pass catching running backs. Who are you more excited about going into 2018, Cohen or Thompson?
1: I'm I'm more excited about Cohen at this point, but I. I like them both and it sounds like Chris Thompson is is back to running, getting better. Gruden believes that the the fact that he had a taste of success last year will motivate him to do better. And Cohen's going to be just at least as involved if not more so in the offense moving forward. Um talked to Matt Nagy about just utilization of running backs in general and you know, he he loves finding ways to to cater to his players strengths and Tariq Cohen's got great hands and great speed, and he's going to find ways to put the ball in his hands in space.
2: So how about ranking? We'll get into the Titans running backs. Jamie's got the scoop there. How about ranking Tariq Cohen, Chris Thompson, Deion Lewis, guys? I think let's do PPR since that's going to be people's preferred format for them. So Cohen, Thompson, Deion Lewis.
0: I I like Thompson the best. Uh, He's he's shown that he could be a a starter in PPR. Um, Well, i take that back. I'd probably go Lewis first because he could still be a feature guy in Tennessee. So Lewis, Thompson, Cohen.
1: And if if that's going to be the case, that's how I have it ranked. I almost like the value on Cohen the best. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I really I, I don't know if I'm loving Deion Lewis just because I know last year he did great and it's the first time in four years he played sixteen games. First time in first, four years first he's time played. In his yeah. First time in four years he's played more than nine games. So he worries me. He makes me nervous. And Thompson's coming back off the injury. Yes, I have Cohen ranked third of the group, but I kind of like that value the best.
2: Right. Where you rank them and who you're excited about is a little bit different, nuanced there. All right. So let's expand on Deion Lewis, Jamie. What did you learn about the Titans running backs?
0: So I mean, variable. You know, I asked him specifically about Derrick Henry, and he, uh you know, talked about the upside for him as just a a, a big physical running back. Um, the one thing he said about Deion Lewis was, you know, he kind of talked about his versatility of being able to play different roles. So it kind of lends you to believe that Henry will be the starter and probably the guy that runs between the tackles, the, the goal line guy, which I don't think is any surprise and probably their fourth quarter guy. Uh, Lewis, I think is going to, you know, be, a, a frustration to the Derrick Henry owner, but I think you'll see Lewis probably still stay in that 15 touch range, um, depending on how game flow goes for them because he will be a, a valuable asset catch the ball at backfield. Uh, there'll be some games where Lewis is better than than Henry, and in, in PPR, I think you got to look at Lewis as at least an equal, if not better than Henry, because I don't think Henry's going to be a guy that's going to get you four to five catches a game. You know where Lewis can. So, um, uh, Dave alluded to it. You know the the biggest key for for Dion Lewis will be staying healthy for you know probably ten plus games, but that that's hard to sort of bank on. So, um, you know if you if you're looking at the two Titans guys, to me it's it's Derrick Henry and Standard easily, and in PPR it's it's close.
2: I just. I hated this co- this signing. I Me just, too. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. I mean, one day they're talking about, oh, yeah, Derek Henry, we're going to get him involved in the passing game. And then they get Deion Lewis, and I, they didn't give him that much money, if I recall. So, Deion Lewis? Yeah.
1: They, did. they uh, did. It's not a ton, but it was still an alarming amount. I think technically he's a top 10 highest paid running back, but there's a drop off somewhere in the top five or six running backs that makes it. A, a nice deal, not necessarily extravagant.
0: Four years, twenty million, eleven and a half guaranteed.
1: Yeah, the guarantee's a, a little bit high. If he actually plays through the four years,
2: I don't know. I just I want him to be very irrelevant. <laughs> we yeah. want we want or
1: or I want him to be very relevant. Like I don't want him to be in the middle.
2: No, because there's no way that he's going to be. If Henry's healthy, there's no way Deion Lewis is going to be the goal line guy. In my opinion. So sure. what is like, the best case scenario that he needs to have right. a big total yardage game or somehow score a touchdown? You're never going to know when to start him. It's going to be very annoying if he's relevant. Uh, all right, Dave Julio Jones, three friggin' touchdowns last year.
1: Give me some <laughs> more. That's almost how I worded it to Dan Quinn <laughs> was really three fricking touchdowns. Let's, he needs to get a little bit more. I, I was a little more eloquent than that. And Quinn admitted that that's something that they have to work on. Uh, but more importantly, and this is something that I guess I should have realized on my own, Julio's healthy this offseason. And last season he wasn't. He didn't participate in training camp, didn't participate in OTAs. Uh, Quinn told a quick story about how he had to keep telling Steve Sarkeesian, yeah, we, Julio's really good. Don't worry. You're going to see him out there real soon. You're going to get to use him. And, and I think it's going to make a difference this year. The fact that he isn't having surgery and isn't slow to come back from it, going to be able to run all offseason long. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt this offseason. season. And Julio will be back at it, and they're going to work on the red zone stuff. They're quote definitely attacking it, according to Dan Quinn. And I would expect more touchdowns for Julio Jones next year, which is pretty much the most obvious statement anybody could ever make.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he but he still has only had one season with more than eight. It's just weird. Uh, never more than ten. Minute, never more than ten. And and the catches, you know. If 85 is his floor, that's great. He had 88 last year in 16 games, but he had 136 catches in 2015 on 204 targets. That's probably not realistic. Can Julio Jones be a 100-catch guy? Because the last four years, he's had 104, 136, 83 in only 14 games, and then 88 in 16 games. Can he be a 100-catch guy, Julio Jones? Will he be?
1: I think it's... Absolutely possible.
2: Yeah,
0: it's crazy.
1: Well, thing I is, mean, the, the I think the
0: hope would be is that you had uh, you had second year for Matt Ryan in Shanahan system MVP right. year. You know, hopefully, second year in Sarkeesian offense does wonders for him as well. You know, that'd be the the nice thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. And that
0: would really help. That would really help uh, Julio.
1: Got a piece of uh Odell Beckham news if you're interested in hearing it. You have to ask? It, this is from Adam Schefter of ESPN. The Giants have asked for at least two first round picks in return for Odell Beckham. Even though the team insists they're not shopping him.
0: And we have a new tight end in New Orleans. Ben Watson? Ben Watson.
2: Hmm.
1: Where's he in your
0: rankings now? World. Huh?
2: Top top fifteen?
0: Uh top twenty. Yeah. I mean, you know, if that's the only guy that they they settle on, but Sean Payton once again talked about his tight ends at the at the owners meetings. But this one this time he didn't have anyone to fool me on so <laughs> I stayed away you. I stayed away from the tight end talk with with uh with with Payton this time.
2: And what did you learn Jamie about the Rams wide receivers?
0: So clearly there's a uh there's there there's an asterisk to this because they may be the team that goes and gets um Beckham. But I I think when you uh when when you look at who they have right now I asked him if, if Robert Woods and Cooper Cup surprised him at all and you know he talked about knowing Robert Woods since he was a freshman at USC when he went to go scout Jordan Cameron when he was with the Redskins and you know just expecting him to be uh uh I don't know if, uh, he didn't use these words but you know just trying to pick at what he said you know I don't think he expected him to be an elite level receiver but I think he he realized he's capable of being a good player and we saw that last year and the same thing with Cup after evaluating him uh at Eastern Washington but I asked him, you know, who's going to replace Sammy Watkins? And I was a little disappointed when I, the way I phrased it to him was, you know, uh, does does the way that those two guys played in terms of Woods and Cup make you feel comfortable with allowing Watkins just to walk away? And does that allow Josh Reynolds maybe to take the next step? And I was telling this to Heath Cummings, who's, you know, big Josh Reynolds fan. And he uh, he kind of just lumped, you know, not not to the same level of Mike Williams with Anthony Lynn, but he kind of just lumped Reynolds in with Farrell Cooper and, and the uh, the other Mike Thomas and. Tavon Austin, it kind of said, you know, we just hope one of those guys uh, steps up, you know. So again, it, uh, it it kind of puts a little bit of a damper on what maybe could be a good late round sleeper in Josh Reynolds, who had a couple good moments last year as a rookie, but you know, yeah, could be good value pick if if he does end up taking that that X wide receiver spot for uh, for the Rams. But clearly, they're going to be uh, the team I think that everybody looks at and says Beckham is uh, is in play for them.
2: Do you need to see them get a an outside receiver? to feel good about Jared Goff. Because I Watkins didn't put up big numbers, but he still is Sammy Watkins and they don't have him now. Do, do you think that you're going to need to see them add somebody to feel good about Goff this year?
1: Well, he did score eight touchdowns.
2: He did, yeah.
1: That's got to count for something, right? Sure. Yeah, for I mean the yardage sucked, touchdowns. but touchdowns weren't bad. Um I think they need I think they need more speed. Like, even though Robert Woods was surprisingly fast. Uh, we know Cooper Cup isn't. Those guys are definitely more in the mold of bigger dudes with great hands. And I, I just, I, I do think they need to find a speed element, which Beckham would certainly provide.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Let's get, let's get the draft started already. I'm ready for that. You guys ready for fantasy baseball?
1: Yes. Yes. yes I mean, me too. what's that?
2: <laughs> you ready for some CBS Sports HQ? Yes. You were just on it, right, Dave? Sure. I was. What were you we talking about?
1: Uh, I was doing, uh, actually it was kind of a quasi-pilot, oh. uh, of a mock trade, mock trade discussion between myself and Will Brinson where I was the Giants and Will was the Rams and what it would take for the Rams to get Odell Beckham. His opening offer to me was two third round picks and a fourth round pick.
2: What? Yeah.
1: What a jerk, Will. Yeah, I, I, I called him out on that one and then asked for two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Cooper Cup.
2: You know, he actually— what So it, what, I was
1: equally p- ridiculous.
2: Let me tell you how big of a jerk he is with that trade offer. Will's actually a great guy, but he wrote an article for the website about this potential match of Beckham to the Rams, and he even proposed what the trade would be, and he said two first-round picks. And then he goes on the air and he offers you two third-round picks?
1: And a fourth-round pick.
2: Oh, oh, okay, well, that changes yeah, everything.
1: He, the way he, he kind of framed it was— I'm taking this problem off your hands, and I'm going to pay him. So here's this pile of lame ass picks. Yeah, weak. Right. His his final offer. He he came up from that. His final offer was two first round picks and a fourth round pick.
2: That's exactly what I think he wrote on the, in the story. So at least he finally I, I turned got it there. down. You did.
1: If I were the Giants, I would turn that down. Yeah, two first round picks 20.
2: when they're in the twenties isn't so great. Right. That's yeah. the whole point. Plus, really, the first round wide receivers. Other than that year, which was the greatest wide receiver year ever, basically, uh, the Beckham-Evans year, the first-round wide receivers have been largely fantasy busts in recent years. It just has been a bad position for fantasy. It's strange. Something I overheard
1: by. people talking at the owners' meeting about how next year's draft class is loaded at wide receivers. Oh, yeah? Because this year isn't a great year for wide receivers. Yeah, you know, There's a lot of good players and some potential very good players. But I, I, I think next year's draft class at wide receiver is supposed to be it. Like okay. tons of really good players. But it
0: all depends on what the Giants want to do. If they're going to compete now, you don't trade back. And if they're getting two first round picks, no matter where they are, you have to take that if you're rebuilding.
2: The, the fact is, in that well, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I take two picks on the twenties. But
0: then you, what's 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 the problem with getting two first round picks, no matter where they are?
2: I mean, you you uh, you know the obvious answer is that. Uh, picks in the 20s aren't nearly as good as picks in the top 10 you know
0: but if you're not getting that and beckham walks why would you not take something for it when you get value for value
2: i don't think he's gonna walk they can franchise him for two straight years so they have him control of him for three more seasons including
0: i'm sure that will go very very well
2: hey whatever he wants his money he has to show up you know they they have all the control so he can talk about walking all he wants but this happens all the time how you know Happened with Le'Veon Bell. Guess what? He was a stealer last year. He's going to be a stealer this year, almost certainly.
1: It um, almost never plays out in favor of the player. Very of rarely. Of course.
2: Very rarely. Uh, plus, the other thing with these guys, is, especially Beckham, is that he's so popular, and you do have to think about that with the fan base. Uh, so, a lot to consider there. All right, let's hear from the peeps. Voicemails and emails. 954-689-3199. Wait for it to finish ringing. Leave a message. Give us your name and your city. Uh, no keeper questions, please, unless they're very, very simple. Here's one from Reed. Hey guys, this is Reed from Upstate New York. Adam,
0: you need to stop wavering in your belief of Carson Wentz. There's other haters on there talking about his efficiencies, not sustainable, and all those other things. This isn't a Matt Ryan situation where he's had years and years of par, you know, average numbers, you know, pointed by one amazing year. This is the second year in the league, and the third year is going to get even better. So. Don't
2: give up faith in Philadelphia's prodigal son. <laughs> Philadelphia's <laughs> prodigal son. All right. I'm, I'm only, only wavering because of the knee that not wavering because of the talent or the regression or any of that stuff. So just so we're clear about that, it's just the knee.
1: They seem optimistic that he'll be, uh, ready to participate in some portion of the preseason activities. Here's I don't know if that thing. necessarily means a game, but. Mid to late August.
2: To but return. here's what what I struggle with. Cam Newton, I it seems as though he struggled with the shoulder all season, right? He just he was ready. He played week one, but the shoulder injury hurt him. Joe Flacco with his back. You know, I I, I don't I don't know that Carson Wentz is going to be 100% all year. It might not be until 2019 where he's fully healthy. And the legs are really a big thing for him. So that's just something to keep in mind. Even if those injuries go away, te- you know, enough so the guy can play, it doesn't mean they've fully gone away. Do you guys feel that way?
1: Well, I've, I've, I was enough just... of a
0: track record with quarterbacks to suggest that sure. those guys bounce back pretty well. Now, maybe not the running ones. So if if you're worried about Wentz, you probably should be worried about Deshaun Watson too. But Wentz tore mean...
2: MCL also, though, right? Did, did Watson? Yeah. Or was it was just the ACL right. for Watson.
1: Correct. Yeah. What would it take for you to feel better about Wentz? Seeing him practice? Well, I still
2: feel pretty good about him. I'm not taking him tenth. But uh seeing I don't know. I guess it would have to be seeing him run in the preseason. You know, seeing him move around and the reports. So I just just never know how healthy these guys are. It's it's tough. It's, it's, why spend an early round pick on a quarterback you don't love when quarterback is so deep?
1: Then you don't. Yeah. It kind of comes down to In that. In fact, you really shouldn't. All right. Here's one from, uh,
0: from Lee. Hey, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. This is Lee from Huntsville, Alabama. Keeper question. Half point PPR auction style league. I can keep Michael Thomas for $1 or Kareem Hunt for $3. Thanks. Appreciate it. And, uh, love the show. Take it easy. Ooh,
2: wow. Thomas for one or Hunt for three?
1: I'm, I would lean toward Hunt. I would draft him before Thomas in a half-point PPR. The The difference of a $2 value means absolutely nothing to me. You're getting a great deal either way.
0: Jimmy. Yeah, if it's one year, it's Hunt. If it's multiple years, it's Thomas.
2: Okay. And one more voicemail. Hello, fellas. This is Alec in Birmingham, Alabama. I had a quick dynasty question for you guys. So My commission's pushing for an expansion in
1: our league over the, the past three years, trying to go from a 10- to a 12-team league. I am not in favor because my team is rebuilding, and I'm crossing my fingers that I win the
2: Saquon-Barkley draft lottery. Right now it looks like the two new teams will automatically get the first two picks and go on from there. My questions are, should this new team be added this offseason or in, say, one to two years when the league is prepared? And if they are this offseason, how should we go about the draft or their team building? Thanks for the help, guys. Love the show. War Eagle. All right, Zach, thank you, Auburn fan. So, Zach is in a dynasty league that is going from 10 to 12 teams. He's not happy because he wants Saquon Barkley, and the two new teams are going to be given the first two picks. What would you recommend in this situation, guys?
1: i put him at the end. You you wouldn't let the two new teams have no. picks one and two? No. <sighs>
2: How do you incorporate two new teams into a dynasty league when so many players are kept?
1: Well it's a it's an expansion draft that you're gonna have to have first and you probably need to have it before you have your rookie draft. Where the two new teams get to pick over obviously not the best players from the other ten teams. No, no,
0: you have each team designate whatever amount you know, five players that are are eligible to be drafted or ten players are eligible to be kept and everybody else is available on their roster. I mean they have to, you know, put players Right. On a, on a chopping it. block that should be able to be taken. Sure. Yeah.
1: But they should do something to protect the the best teams in this league from losing multiple players. So, for example, if if maybe maybe the rule should be that each new expansion team shouldn't be allowed to take more than one player from the other existing ten teams.
0: No, it's got to be you 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 have if it's a twenty man roster, you have fifteen players to protect. Pick your best 15 players. Yeah,
1: but then the two new teams are going to get absolutely nothing.
0: They're, okay, so then 10 players to protect, and then you get 10 players in every that's roster. That's better, but... It, to take away from...
1: You're I not, mean, not, I would probably not, put I'm that number inside a, of
0: 10. I'm not putting a number on uh, the best team gets to keep 12 players and the worst team gets to keep 5.
1: Uh, no, not that at all. But.
0: No, I, I think maybe it should. it's a 10-team league, right? So
2: probably you you could put in a rule that says no team could have more than two players plucked from their roster.
1: And and they should each be able to protect let's call it 7 players.
0: Yeah, whatever the number so is. 70 so 70
1: players out of the right. player pool and they they lose a max of 2 players per team.
0: So like just to give an example, Dave and I are in a, in a dynasty league together, Adams the team that you and I share. Um and we were going over the going over the the rosters yesterday. There are some teams that have stacked rosters that are going to have a tough time making cuts to get the rookies that they want to hold on and there are other teams that Probably could use not just the it's an IDP league, so not just the six round rookie draft, but a ten round rookie draft. You know, so in this scenario, if we were adding two more teams, the teams that have are, are loaded are going to clearly be upset about the players they're going to lose. It's just the nature of what it is. So yeah. in, in in this scenario, a ten team league, there should be availability. But I wouldn't punish the 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 owners that you know maybe put themselves in position to to get the first overall pick or the top couple of overall picks in the rookie draft by adding the two guys that, at the at the top. You know, maybe you reshuffle it somehow, but don't just arbitrarily put them at the at the the the, the top of the draft board.
2: Gotcha. All right, so emails fantasy at cbsi dot com. All right, this one really bothers me, really does. This is from Luke from Chicago. Dear Sister Jean Custer and Ingram, you know them, Dave. You should know. Sister yeah, that's Jean.
1: Loyola Ramblers, correct?
2: Yeah, I'm so bothered by this.
1: Aren't you? I am too.
2: Uh, ordinarily, but I would don't think I'd we should be, really
1: get into it. I don't yeah. think we should get into it. I no, just,
2: I, like, ordinarily, I'd be all about it. It's a great story. Just, should, it should be Miami. We're better than them. They got lucky. I don't know if it
1: should be Miami. They, they got
2: lucky. They got lucky. Two out of three, two out of four games, whatever. Um, uh, Luke's question. Honestly, no, you're right. Luke He says, go Loyola. Go Loyola. Good luck. Congratulations. That is awesome. Great for college basketball. Uh, I was offered Dalvin Cook and Alan Robinson. For Jarek McKinnon and Amari Cooper, standard scoring league. Would you give up McKinnon and Cooper to get Cook and Allen Robinson?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think so.
2: For me, it's not even. I think for me, it's like in a heartbeat.
1: I feel yep. like Cook is the best player in the deal. Yes. The drop off from Cooper to Robinson isn't really that Might big. Might not be in, any. Uh, exactly what I was going to say. And McKinnon's good, but it could it could it could go really quick.
0: Cook could, is still younger than him too, even though he's coming off the ACL too.
2: Yeah, and it's standard scoring, and McKinnon's probably gonna be better in PPR. Not better than Cook, just better. Uh, this email's from Terry. Where's Terry from?
1: Birmingham, Alabama.
2: Alright, Terry. From Birmingham. Actually, he's from Kentucky. Not sure if my idea is original, but I work at Churchill Downs. I suggested to my league that we do this. We already have our draft order for this year, but I said we should, in the order we are set to draft, choose horses in the Kentucky Derby. There are 20 horses that run each year, so plenty for our 12-team league. And our final draft order is the order that our horses come in. It adds to the fun. What do That's you think? awesome. Yeah, no, we have had this before, but still, it's very, very fun. And you know what? I think we should do it in one of our leagues that we know okay. we're going to have, like uh the FF, uh, the two quarterback league. Like, just set it up now and let's do Kentucky Derby. I don't think Jamie's going to do that. Just a guess. Why wouldn't I Jamie do that? Don't know
0: who's. We just don't know who's in the league, so it's it's a little tough. We can
2: figure it out right now.
0: All right, you can commission it. Thank you. I no, appreciate no, that. no. <laughs> uh, set it no up. Kentucky for, uh, no Kentucky Derby. No Kentucky
2: Derby. We'll do like a NASCAR race later out of the year. Uh, thank you all for listening, Jamie. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back. Thank you. Yes, and Dave, you know, whatever.
1: Whatever, dude.
2: <laughs> for Dave, for Jamie, I'm Adam. See you later.
1: Na 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 na. Bye.